Hi there, welcome to Typical Books. I'm Lydia Peaver, and this is the podcast mirror of my YouTube show, Typical Books, where we talk about horror fiction. So, on with the show. Hi there, today on Typical Books, we'll be talking about Kill Creek by Scott Thomas. It is a typical book. So, Kill Creek. Scott Thomas. This was a Bram Stoker Award nominee, I believe, for Best Debut Novel. And it is uh, late in coming. I'm late coming to this book. Everyone else, except everyone I seem to know that is reading this right now, <laughs> has already read this book. So those that read Bram Stoker nominees as they're shortlisted, high fives to you. I don't know why I'm so far behind, considering I pay very close attention to that list being the person who curates the new releases page at horror.org. So, Kill Creek. A lot of buzz. A lot of buzz. Glorious cover. It really is a typical book. And I have a bookmark in it, so I can do that. Yeah. I bought a new bookmark when I was visiting a family in Pennsylvania, and it's uh, adorable. It also has a ruler on it, so I don't know... When you'll be reading away and somebody will say, I don't know how long this business card is at all. And you'll say, hold up, I got a ruler so you can check that it's exactly three and a half inches by two. Now you can use your business card as a ruler too. So yeah, I don't know why it has a Sorry about that. Anyway, it is a typical book in that it has a lovely graphic. The front and back don't line up but they sort of match and they are quite graphic and quite stark and I really enjoy this three color print it's a, a gorgeous look and a very startling look when so many of my favorite horror novels have a house on the cover and I mean horror marketing 101 if you want to sell a book to everybody and everyone love it put a house on the cover and even better use the same house as everybody else has used or flip it because you could just make the house like there you could rip off this cover and just print it upside down oh no but um yeah it's it's a very lovely graphic illustration that is unique to this i believe and it is just wonderful i really really enjoy the presentation of this the deckled edge was a treat to read through i do love reading these deckled edges i know a lot of people that don't i love it it makes it a lot easier to turn it's just a softer feel I rarely ever get paper cuts from these, so I really, really love that. Scott Thomas did a really good job as well um, working with whatever publisher. It's Inkshares, which I believe is an Amazon uh, Kindle Scout type program. So this is the Launchpad Inkshares. I don't know much about it, but I believe this is basically a Kindle Scout sort of uh, gig. And working with that sort of publicity behind you no doubt it's going to go far but I believe that a lot of that work is the work of the authors too so he had done his job of getting the word out on this book instead of just resting on his laurels of a first book and I really hope that he's working on something else as well. Inkshares is a reader-driven publisher and producer based in Oakland, California. Our books are selected not by a group of editors, but by readers worldwide. Our aim is to surface and develop the new author voices of tomorrow. Interested in making your story a reality? Visit Inkshares.com to start your own project or find other great books. And I don't know much about Inkshares now. I wish I did, and maybe I'll look up more. But if you are looking for other routes other than... Um, 
self-publishing via Kindle, then the ink shares might be something for you. Now, I, I guess that that is um, the natural progression of something like Wattpad, where this would be that sort of, uh, like, not only crowdfunded, but crowd-chosen and crowd-elevated sort of thing. So, yeah, that's super cool. The Launchpad Ink Shares. And this also marks, not that it's the first, like, not big five book to get into the Bram Stoker Awards, because gosh knows there are all sorts of small independent presses just tearing it up and have been for years at the Bram Stoker Awards. I think this is the first really new and innovative idea as far as something that is Kindle Scout and now this Ink Shares, that sort of thing. You don't see a heck of a lot up on the podium, but yeah, very exciting stuff. Now, since I'm so late in coming to this book, a lot has happened in the world of Kill Creek in that it has a series, a television series deal or something since. So that's exciting. I can see how this story, how The Haunting of Hill House was taken and stretched out like so much taffy to create a modern take on that tale that became the series that everyone enjoyed so much. I could see this serving that same function or taking this story as it sits and doing a six episode mini series of it. Like that would work really, really well for this. Um, Guillermo del Toro would be the sort of person to bring this so vividly to us. Right? I don't know who's working out, so I'm just guessing here. But if you take this sort of thing and take this particular house to fuel the imaginations of other people, the way that it fuels the imaginations of people in this story, then that could be a very black mirror sort of thing, right? At the end of a dark prairie road, nearly forgotten in the Kansas countryside, is the Finch House. For years it has remained empty, overgrown, abandoned. Soon the door will be opened for the first time in decades, but something is waiting, lurking in the shadows, anxious to meet its new guests. When best-selling horror author Sam McGarver is invited to spend Halloween night in one of the world's most infamous haunted houses, he reluctantly agrees. At least he won't be alone. Joining him are three other masters of the macabre, writers who have helped shape modern horror. But what begins as a simple publicity stunt will become a fight for survival. The entity they have awakened will follow them, torment them, threatening to make them a part of the bloody legacy of Kill Creek. It was supposed to be a publicity stunt. Really wonderful take on horror. Now, one thing that I will say about this book, um, and it's not a spoiler whatsoever, but I got to somewhere like, like here-ish, and I was like, you know, I'm really enjoying this book. I really like these characters. I really like the story. I really like what they have to say about the house, but nothing's happened. Nothing. Nothing's really happened. Sure, it gets to be horror, and I'd say that from here on, well, maybe give it a little more girth. That is about the section that is like heart pounding what you've come for kind of stuff. Uh, that's not a, a negative thing necessarily. Like I said, first and foremost, I enjoyed the ride thus far. I did. I enjoyed the characters and I enjoyed mostly. And what I enjoy most about this book entirely is what it has to say about horror and those who create it. You know how there's like that final girl thing in Cabin in the Woods, how they have like this, you gotta have the jock, you gotta have the, the horny one, you gotta have the stoner, you gotta have like, and they have this like zodiac of 
of people you need. There's sort of like this weird little zodiac, little fourfecta. What's a, there's a trifecta. What's a fourfecta? A quad? A triad? No. Four people who really sum, sum up what horror creation is as far as the tropes of writers and creators. You have Daniel Slaughter, who is, I guess, the R.L. Stein type person who is like, you know, kind of a family guy. He's Christian. He creates a lot of like these pulpy, thin, four teens and middle grade sort of horror, a little jump scare novels. Um, that is what the bread and butter of horror is to middle grade. And so many people grow up on books just like that, goosebumps and things like that, right? So he's that kind of guy. And then you have Sam, who is the, I don't know, Stephen King of them all. He's like this kind of regular guy, has a few skeletons in his closet, but writes for the everyman. And he's talking about taking very normal circumstances that everyone can relate to and injecting some sort of supernatural or fear into that. So it's, it's really the typical mass market blockbuster paperback horror. And then you have TC Moore and I really enjoyed the vision of her as what I take it to be a splatterpunk author. They don't use that word once in here, but that's what she is. She is if you would have made her a giant ex-MMA black dude, then she'd be Wrath James White. And she comes across with that, like, just almost pungent sexuality that a lot of these splatterpunk authors do come across with. And although some of them are very much more like the other two authors I just described, but um, I guess from the outsider's point of view, a splatterpunk author would appear to be just this over-the-top, um, really edgy person. She's basically... Um, the girl from, uh, girl with a dragon tattoo or girl who kicked the hornet's nest, that girl whose name is, uh, eluding me entirely right now. Um, that is who T.C. Moore basically is, but she writes horror novels naked. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Her hair is pretty cool too. I mean, you can't really see that my hair here is exactly what is described as T.C. Moore's hair. I do not write like T.C. Moore, but... It's this similar look that I guess I look pretty edgy, um, which it's not shown right now, so I would show it off more. But and then we have the final character, Sebastian Cole, who is the wizened, elderly horror master that all of these authors, Daniel Slaughter and Sam, whose name I can't remember. I think it's McGarver. Yeah, and T.C. Moore look up to. Sebastian Cole is the Ray Bradbury of the bunch. He is the Robert McCammon. He is the Graham Masterson of the bunch. He is the guy that everyone looks up to and holds in such high esteem. And it is just a wonderful mix of different horror authors as far as we stick them into the archetypes of those sorts of people. I mean, one thing that a lot of people do realize about horror authors when they meet them is that they're all just a bunch of like, oh, like very regular people and the nicest people you could ever meet. And that's not like a cliched thing to say, uh, having met a lot of horror authors. And it is true that they're all the nicest people, really, truly. Once in a while, you get bad apples like you do in every basket. But like this drives home how there are different shades of these really colorful individuals outside of just like 
um, a really like I always found that Richard Lehman was the number one poster man for I never could picture that he was a horror author. He's just the nicest guy. And he just looks like everyone's uncle, right? Just he looks like an accountant. Yeah. Scott Thomas, you have the makings of a horror author, not only because your first book is really good, but you look kind of like an accountant too. So yeah, I really enjoyed Kill Creek. I really enjoyed the story. I like ghost stories and I like haunted house stories. And that is a lot of what this is. But like I said, that first chunk, that is a horror fans and horror writers and horror book lovers delight reading that first half of this book because it's really about the craft and the people who create horror as we know it. So I don't know. I feel like I've rambled a lot about what this book isn't. Like it's not, it's supposed to be a horror novel that we enjoy, right? Not a masterclass and who creates horror, but that's what it feels like. And there is um, a sit down, there's a few sit down interviews, but there's one in particular that has um, Stephen King and Clive Barker and Ira Levin and I think Robert McCammon. I'm trying to remember. There's a few of these like round tables, but there's that one in particular. And if you have a few hours to spare, scope it out on YouTube because that's what this feels like they were trying to sort of go with, but in a more exploitative YouTube generation way. So it's just fascinating to see what these really cool smoky drinky round tables would become in this day and age if we could pull them off properly. So I do recommend this if you are into haunted houses that aren't too brutal. There is some brutality and violence like there is bound to be with a bloody horror story, but it's not over the top. And it does give you a little glimpses into the over the topness in the character of T.C. Morris. So I enjoyed that, but it is fairly tame as far as horror goes. Coming up next, I'm going to read another one of those Short Sharp Shocks books by Barbie Wilde. You may know her as the female Cenobite and a few other horror things and her books. She had a debut novel not long ago that I really enjoyed, sort of a serial killer diary idea. Oh, it was good. And so I'm going to read this novella by her. I'm going to be getting into blood standards slowly but surely. But I'm also going to get into the new Grady Hendrix novel, We Sold Our Souls. So if there's anything you think that I should read, specifically any novellas heading into the school year so I can cram a few more reads into a month, let me know by leaving a comment down below. Thank you very much for watching and have an ooky spooky day. If you are looking for something new to read, some insight or reviews of horror you have read, or even talk from a writer's perspective, I hope you enjoy this little show. Feel free to check out the YouTube version by searching Typical Books or visit me at LydiaPeaver.ca. Thank you and have a dark, devious day.